welcome in to an actual very special edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardicelli joining you as always. It is time for our player in review, player breakdowns. We did this last offseason. Um, we're going to go through uh, the entire Kings lineup, which will be done episode by episode. So you're currently listening to the Maurice Harkless episode. Uh, and we're just going to kind of do a, a checklist of of a couple topics that, that we feel like we'll, we'll cover the, uh, the player season in total. We're going to talk about their numbers throughout the season. Um, did they meet expectations? Uh, what do we see from them next season? Do you think, do we think we'll be on the team? You'll, you'll get the hang of it as we go along, but, uh, yeah, this will be the first of about 10, 12 of them that we'll be doing. There might be some that we skip. I mean, I don't know, like one name I saw Josh Jackson. I don't know if we really need to, he's not going to be back next year. So, um, but yeah, Mo Harkless. Nice guy. Talk to him at Media Maurice. Day. Yes. Yankees fan. Let's start with that. You know what? Let's let's start at the very beginning of the season. Um, yeah, we, we talked with Mo Harkless at the beginning of the season at, uh, at what was that? Was Media Day. Media Day. That's what it's called. Um, yeah. Big Yankee fan. He said, I think he said he would be a baseball player, right? If he could yes, be anything else. He did. He, he's, a, he's a big New York guy. He's from, I think, I don't know, I think he might be from the Bronx or Queens. He is from Queens. Queens, but he's a, he's a Yankees fan. It's very interesting to me. Queens is where the New York mm-hmm. Mets play. Also, uh, the best team in the National League. New York owns baseball this season, but um, really nice guy. I, I didn't really get to be around him very much during the first season. It was the COVID-shortened uh, season with no fans, so we didn't get to get that close to him, but getting to talk to him that day was really cool. I'd say he was one of the, the nicer, more outgoing players of that, of mm-hmm. that group on that day, um, but... I was. How did you feel when they signed him back to the? It was a two-year, eight million deal, eight million dollar deal, last summer. Um, he played well at the end of the, of the, the COVID shortened season. I'd say he he earned himself a contract. He was their starting small forward as the Kings tried to make that play and push in twenty twenty one. Gets a two-year deal, eight million. When they signed him to that last summer, were you on board with it, or did you think they maybe should have kind of just? put those funds elsewhere i thought it was a good signing especially for the money i mean four million is is really not going to do any damage to your cap or anything like that and that's really signing a player that it's okay if they don't play but if you can get some some good production some good games out of them uh then that's a steal of a contract and i think you know we'll get we'll definitely get into it more but i think mo kind of lived in the middle of both of those things for uh a majority of the season um I was happy. I mean, for sure, like Mo's got the length and then you look at it, you know, it feels like Mo Harkless has been in the league for for so long. You feel like he's a 33-year-old guy because we remember he was so young in those Portland days um when when he was making the the playoffs yearly with, you know, the Al Farouk Aminu, Dame Lillard, I think LaMarcus Aldridge might have been on those Portland teams. Those teams are fun. Um yeah, just the real fun portion of the the Portland that Portland run, that Portland era. Um Mo was was a very vital piece to those teams and, and was a, a three and D guy um to a T and we haven't really seen it since those days, but uh, like you said, I mean, at the end of last season, he he did put up some good numbers. He looked really good. Um, he was hitting corner threes, getting rebounds, and uh, you know, I mean, we can kind of start getting into it. Well, and it, that just wasn't the case this I'd, year. I'd say I was excited when they signed him to tier deal because I did like what I saw from him. In that, it was only twenty six games he played with them in twenty 2020, twenty 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 one. 
Uh, 42% from the field. Three-point shot was not really there, but the corner was, he was good from the corner. Seven points per game, a little under three rebounds, uh, 1.1 steals. So he, he was he was playing well for them while the Kings tried to make the bubble without De'Aaron Fox, without Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, so I was um, envisioning more of the Portland Trailblazers Moharkless, though, when they signed him, because that's kind of the player the Kings really need. That's a player that they've needed for a while as a 3 and D wing, and they just haven't really gotten that from him. But um, this past season wasn't really uh, that case either. Uh, Harkless in 2021-22 in only played 47 games, started in, in over half of them, 24, 4.6 points per game, 2.4 rebounds. The steals were down 0.6. His minutes were down 18.4. That is the, uh, the least amount he has averaged in a full season in his entire career. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. In Orlando, he did play 15 minutes per game. That's the second lowest points uh, minutes per game he's averaged in his entire career. So the playing time was was interesting. I mean, he, he enters opening night as a starting small forward. He He's the starter for, I believe I have it written down here, he started 15 of the first 20 games, and then he doesn't start from November 28th until January 31st. So... Uh, there was like a fun stat, and I have it right here too. I think the Kings, when Mo was a starter, were 500 through his first 20 starts. I definitely remember that being a thing that like people were adamant that Mo Harkless needed to start and needed to get more minutes because we were 500 with it. Him. It became like a revolving door of of it's just it wasn't consistent. You know, they had Shemezi Metu starting for a while. They had um, Terrence Davis starting for a while. They go back to Harkless, and they'd say, "Okay, Harkless would start literally at see three games right here." back out. So um, I don't know if you can attest Harkless's struggles to inconsistency inconsistency in in playing time. Um, Over those first 12 games, he averaged 4.2 points, 38% from the field, 25% from the three-point line. I remember, I think you and I talked about it during the season, how horrible he was playing. So that change needed to be made, but um, I think you pointed out later on in the season, he kind of found his footing. After being out of the rotation for a while, kind of being reintegrated as a bench role. He has a good February. Uh, in the in the month of February, from January 31st to February 28th, Harkless averaged nine points per game, 54% from the field, 40% from three, three and a half boards, and over a steal a game. So um, I guess it kind of came down to he was more valuable in a starting role, wouldn't you say? I mean, he, he was better fit as a starter. That's the only role he's yeah. been in since he was in the NBA. Definitely. I think his lack of scoring ability and um, definitely and he, he, it's that's kind of the problem is just offensively. He's so limited, like he's pretty much just standing in the corner or in the dunker spot. If if you're not, you know, if he's not starting and even if he is starting, but um, he's just very, very limited. And so if he's going to come in off the bench, uh, you really need him to be fitting into a role and kind of have specific players around him and uh yeah, I don't know. It was just it was not the season that I thought it was going to be for Mo. That's that's definitely for sure. But yeah, that month of February, he had three games of over seventeen points, which was by far his biggest, uh, you know, production uh, points production for the season. Uh, and it's kind of like we saw last year. I mean, he didn't play what the last ten games or so of the season. Yeah, he he uh, he was in the rotation for a minute there in February, playing well. Then back out of the rotation. Mm-hmm. Didn't play from February 28th until March 12th and uh, played 17 minutes over five games. Then he didn't play over the final, I believe, 
10 games, didn't play one minute. Yeah. When the Kings were out of the playing race, and very strange, yeah, very, very, very strange. It just—it's just not easy for him. I mean, that's no. you know, it's it's tough for anybody to get any sort of rhythm doing that, especially when you're on a losing team too. I just think um, Mo would be a guy that's better suited on a winning team. Honestly, it, it, if you can just bring him in for spot minutes and and tell him to play good defense on you know those those big wings that I'm always talking about, the Paul Georges, the Giannis's, the LeBrons of the world. Um, you know that the Kings didn't have anybody really with that kind of length and and athleticism to keep up with those guys. And Mo was kind of that was my hope for him this season was to kind of uh, be that three and D guy that could stand up to those guys. So Harrison didn't have to, and uh, it just didn't happen. I don't know necessarily. You know, I I can't speak to what was happening behind the scenes, but the coaching staff definitely did not see uh, the risk reward of playing Mo. Um, to lo- I mean, they clearly, if they thought Mo Harkless was was the key to their success, I feel like they would have, you know, given it a much better uh, go about it. But well, um, yeah, I don't you, know. you say hopes, so that brings us to the next question: <laughs> uh, Did Harkless exceed, meet, or fall short of your preseason expectations? I mean, I would guess I would have to say fall short. Um, I was hoping, like I just said, that he would he would have started a lot of games um, and hopefully could have been consistent from three, maybe 35% or something like that, average eight points a game and, and really make his mark defensively. But uh, defensively, he was, and I, you know, I feel like I've been killing, not killing his defense, but uh, he was very good defensively when he was in and he definitely made a difference with his length and his, just his couldn't do much effort. else. Yeah, exactly. And, and when we're on a Kings team, that's, struggling for points at times strangely um it it just wasn't good for him to be in the lineup because you were just getting absolutely nothing from that spot so um my hopes have been diminished definitely if um coming into this season I know we're going to get into that too but um just not the season that I hoped Mo Harkless would have had and um he's still young he's still 29 that's what I was going to say it's unfair for me that's why I'm going to say to you he fell short because I just I watched all those games with Portland and then those playoff runs, and and when they traded for him, I didn't really. Th- I I kind of thought it was over for him, and when Luke Walton ended up starting him pretty much immediately after that trade, I said, okay, maybe maybe the Kings are seeing something. Maybe the analytics guys or or Monty are seeing something and saying, hey, he still has some something in the tank because he is so young. He was mm-hmm. I think twenty seven, twenty eight when they uh, acquired him, and he just turned twenty nine. Um, that's not old by any means in the NBA, and, and I would hope he has more of a tank, but uh, I, I'm a little underwhelmed watching what happened this season. I, I, I wasn't. It's not fair for me to expect Portland Trailblazers Mo Harkless out of him, but even a, a little less would have been acceptable for me, and, and what we got was nothing even near it. So it's it's tough to, to be productive out there without having that shot working mm-hmm. and, and – mm-hmm. The defense is nice, but when, when you have nothing else really to offer, not rebounding, playmaking, mm-hmm. shot making, it's it's going to be tough to get minutes, and that's exactly what happened. He he barely played this season, so I mean, forty seven games and eighteen minutes per game, and you look at look at his game log. A lot of a lot of it's a roller coaster of just a lot of games in a row, then a lot of games that DNP CDs. So um, definitely fell short of expectations. So now let's take a look at the contract. Yeah, mentioned it earlier, but two-year, eight million dollar deal to put an actual dollar figure to that. Um, Mo Harkless has one year, 
$4.5 million. It's all guaranteed. It's a guaranteed deal. Um, the good news is it's a movable contract. That's a movable contract. I think Monty McNair did a good job of last offseason of signing Mo Harkless, Alex Lennon, and Terrence Davis, all to, I believe, they're on $4 million contracts, mm-hmm. which are very, very tradable. Um, so I ask you, Chris, if you had to put your – I guess we could put a percent on it. What is your percent that Mo Harkless is back in a Kings uniform come opening night? You know, I really haven't thought about this at all. Like that's why I, that's why it's, it's great, it's, isn't it's it? It's really interesting. It's like knee jerk reaction time. It's it's almost like not worth trading him. I mean, I shouldn't say not worth. That makes it seem like he it'd, has it'd be no like value. A, it'd it, be like a throw in if anything. Yeah, exactly, he doesn't have value. No. Yeah. And I think the Kings could use – there's a world where the Kings could use a player like him for sure, whereas, like, I view a Justin Holiday, sorry, Justin, as, like, a more expendable piece um, just because they have so many other – you know, you can throw in a Terrence Davis, a Dante DiVincenzo if they want to re-sign him. Uh, Davion Mitchell might get minutes at the two. We'll see what happens uh, in the NBA draft still, but they might, they might you know, address uh, that, that position in the draft. Um I just think a player like Mo Harkless, you can still get something out of him. Um, again, kind of like I said earlier, I think he has a lot more value on a good team where uh, his role is a lot more defined and a lot less like, hey, we need you. Like, you have to be hitting corner threes if we're going to play you. Whereas, like, you see a team – I mean, if he can be a poor man's Matisse Thibel, which is I – don't, <laughs> I don't know what that's really even saying, but, uh, you know, if he can – if he can be playable defensively and give us nothing on offense, but we don't need him to give us something on offense, I think that would be the ideal place for him. Uh, I just don't think we're in that position yet. But this is a long-winded way of saying, like, yeah, I mean, you might as well keep him because it's it's not easy to find six, seven guys with seven-foot wingspans, and uh, he can really realistically play the three and four. Oh, yeah. They didn't use him the right way, and I mean he's been in the league for nine years. His tenth year is coming up, which is insane to me. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about some players that are in the league that have had, had that experience, and that and the, the team that comes up when you think about teams with experience is the Lakers. And they, I was, I was looking at the roster, A little too experienced, if anything. Dude, okay, guess how many players? Let me see. Guess how many players the Los Angeles Lakers have that have played at least nine seasons? How many players are on their team? Because I would just say like two less than that. Like Kendrick Nunn hasn't played ten seasons and THT hasn't played ten seasons, and I would probably say everybody else has. There are nine players in the Lakers that have played at least nine seasons, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six players that have played at least twelve seasons. Seven that have played at least eleven. There are two that have played eighteen. Shout out Braun. Shout out Ariza. Shout out uh, Anth Carmelo. Oh, I think Ariza. Ariza's not even listed here. Did they? Did they? They must have waived him during the season. Anyways, Mo Harkless is not one of these guys. I'd say he's more valuable than, than Wayne Ellington at this point. I'd say he's more valuable oh, than yeah. – um, you can make an argument for Avery Bradley. Kent Bazemore was someone I feel like was used – They he was kind of misused. I Did you see Kent Bazemore turn down <laughs> the money with Golden State? Yeah. More money to, yeah. to, to be – he's like, I'm, congrats to my, my homies, but I'm sick right now. Um, I, I would have would have been all for it to have Kent Bazemore, but I digress. Uh, Mo Harkless, I would say – there's a pretty good chance he'll be back. I'd say there's like a 67% chance he'll be back next season. 33% yeah. chance he gets... I would say that's his, right just because yeah. there is a chance he won't be here. But It'd be a throw-in. It'd be a, it'd be a Rashawn Holmes gets traded. Mm-hmm. He'd be like a throw-in in that deal, yeah. which which could happen. But I would expect um, 
the bigs get moved. I think I think Rashawn Holmes will be on the move this summer. I think Alex Len could be a guy that gets moved, and the Kings could try to make a move to keep Damian Jones. Um, and in one of those deals, they might have to attach a, a player like like Moharek or Terrence Davis, a guy who's making not that much money and, and can make some dollars work. And um, so yeah, Mo Harkless. Anything else on Mo? Um, yeah. How about Mo's hair throughout the season? I what are you which 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 Mo Harkless hairstyle are you for the 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 braids? I like the, the fro. fro. I like the fro a lot. He also has the the. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I excuse my ignorance. Uh, I'm not sure what. It's um, not ponytail. Ponytails when it's in the back. Is it pigtails? Dreads? No, he like sometimes will have two little pom poms on the side of his head. I don't know what that's called. Well, the two pom pom look for me is my favorite. That I, I don't mean, think he ever actually got in. I think that was when he knew he wasn't playing. Uh, well, he, I remember but, one, one time it panned to him on the bench, and we were like, "Whoa, that's yeah. a fro." The <laughs> yes. fro is just here. The fro is super solid, and like I mean, obviously, in order to have braids the way he does, like you have to have some hair on you, but. Um, uh, yeah, I love the Moharkless two pom poms on the head look. That, to me, that's I, that, my favorite. It's a good look. I mean, it's I, funny. I think Mo, Mo's got some good hair, and, and I'm interested to see what it be at tra- it'll be at training camp. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> wait, in, wait and find out. In Portland, he was famous for the for the cornrows. I think right. He always had the cornrows in the headband. Yes, yeah. He always had cornrows. He's had cornrows. I'm pretty sure his entire career. That's I really Mo- can't think of him with like short hair. Oh wait, quick sign about Mo Harkless. Yeah, absolutely, always down for the smoke. He's always down for anybody. <laughs> I, to, I was like Frankie. This is that is, this is, this is look, the recording no, like, he, is on. <laughs> he wants this. He wants this. Like he's the beef. Like yes. him and Kristaps got into oh, it yeah. earlier in the season and just laughed um, at him. Just laughed at him. Just laughed right him in off. his face. So and I think multiple times he's gotten mm. into it with people yeah. over the years. So some Papa Giannis esque fire. It's from good. To, it's good to have a guy with some bite on the team. And and I think the biggest argument or not argument complaint about the Kings a year or two ago was they have too many nice guys. I know what we should discuss real quick, because yeah. um, you just remind me of this. Uh, the Mo Harkless Buddy Healed feud throughout the season. Yes, what an interesting developing story that was. I, f- um, I don't even really think it was ever fully covered, but um, I, I mean, mean, we don't have answers I, I mean, on what it was. But I have a pretty good idea. You had to speculate. Yes, Buddy probably pissed him off because I think Buddy pissed everybody off. Yeah. Don't you think Buddy Buddy pissed you off? Buddy, Buddy pissed me off. <laughs> Absolutely, I or definitely think that's what it was about. Listening. It was definitely uh, it was just funny to see. I mean, because he, I think that was a very big problem with that team was just accountability in general, and uh, you know, making sure that people weren't going out there pretty much throwing the game. And how many times this season did we see Buddy healed? Just throw up absolutely ridiculous three point shots that were very early in the shot. I mean, there's a couple that really stick in mind of him just running, literally running down the court and just throwing up a shot with like 20 seconds on the shot clock. Um, and it was nice to see somebody actually, you know, someone wasn't going to be Luke Walton. Um, I'm pretty sure that was still in the Luke Walton times and not in the Alvin Gentry times, but uh, it was cool to see a player step up and really, you know, be like, hey, bro, like, I know this is bad look, but like you're you're messing up. <laughs> like, yeah, like you're, you're like you're, our best shooter, and yeah. you're taking stupid shots. Yes. So he, I like the accountability. He keeps mm-hmm. people in check, and they need a leader. He, I mean, I think that's really what it was. Was that there was no clear cut leader on this team. I think uh, we heard Tyrese talk about countless times throughout the year him trying to find his voice. Uh, Davion's still a rookie. He I think will probably sprout as a leader this season, but. Um, De'Aaron's not a very vocal leader, and we'll get into that, I'm sure, when we do the De'Aaron Fox episode. But 
Um, I think that it was nice to see Mo take the initiative of be like, look, someone, <laughs> if no one else is going to talk to this fool, I am. And I don't care. I'm sure Buddy told him, like, shut up, bro. Like, you don't play or something. I'm sure Buddy had some retort. But uh, for Mo to Mo, – Mo is real. Mo is from Queens, I'm sure. Uh, he's had to yell uh, at New, New many York. people. Yeah, New Yorker. Yeah. Uh, what does this tell you, Chris, about the – the fact that being a veteran and having some leadership helps. The There's three players on the team that have played nine years. One of them will probably not be back next year, Jeremy Lamb. Mm-hmm. But the other two, Harrison Barnes and Mo Harkless, very kind of similar as far as they – I feel like they, they are voices in, in the locker room. They're voices on the floor when they're, when they're playing. They are leaders, and that's what the Kings need. They need leaders. And we, we need to see more of that from guys that are going to be here for a while, like De'Aaron Fox and – Davion Mitchell, people that are that are going to be on the floor playing thirty plus nights, thirty mm-hmm. plus minutes per night, but it's it doesn't hurt to have a guy like Mo Harkless on the bench. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why the the Miami Heat have had Udonis Haslam on the bench since I was in diapers. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's you know, you know, you need someone to keep everyone accountable, and like especially, and you need someone, you need a player. I mean, coaches can only talk so much before uh, you know they just. The voice goes dry. We just saw it with, uh, I mean, yeah, we're trying not to timestamp these, but, you know, Quinn Snyder just uh, just quit his job, pretty much citing he thought his voice got stale. I think that it, it takes players speaking up in order for, for change to really happen within the team, and uh, I'm kind of talking myself into wanting Mo Harkless to Mo, stay. Come back. Please, Mo, come we back, need Mo. you. We need accountability. Well, he's under contract. The Kings are going to have a decision to make. They're going to make some moves. Uh, quick side note, I said I've been – I was in diapers when Udonis Haslam was on the bench. Uh, Udonis Haslam's first season was 03-04. I was nine. I was not in a diaper at nine. Just want to clear that up real quick. Pull-ups? Well, I don't want to get into that. Look, Frank peed the bed until he was 13 years old. No. No, dude. It was 10. What sources do you have to back that up, bro? What sources do you have to back that up? My mom? Yeah. Get out of here. Well, is that it for Mo? That's it for Mo. I think that was a... As I take a drink, sorry. Very unprofessional. Um... Yeah, I think that's it for Mo. Um, we got good good minutes out of Mo this this episode. I'm very surprised. Uh, we will be doing, uh, like I said, every player pretty much just like this. It'll be pretty laid back. We'll we'll probably you know Mo is uh, you know Mo's. We don't have the most content to talk about with Mo. So if if you enjoyed this, you'll definitely enjoy uh, our other ones that we have coming up where we actually have things to talk about. So. Uh, and we, yeah, I think we did Mo Harkless because he averaged the least, the least amount. amount of points. I mean, we're, so. we, have a, we have a Namia Shikato one coming up, but yes. I want to make sure we get everything buttoned up for that one. That'll be a exactly. fun one. Yes, so it will. We'll get everything buttoned up for that <laughs> get one. Get ready yeah. for our propaganda machine. On to the next one. On to the next one. Thank you all for listening so much. Hope you enjoyed these. Be on the lookout uh, for episode coming on Thursday and uh, our other uh, player, breakdowns. player breakdowns. I was like, what are we calling these? Uh, for Frankie Cardicelli, I'm Chris Watkins. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Go Mo Harkless.